0: things are hotting up. Well, not today, they're not, but uh, (laughs) it's all good. There's a lot of things happening in our world. Some of us had a great event last night just talking about some of the things that are going on in our world and how there is really a World War III happening behind the scenes, but you're not seeing all the bullets flying this time. You're seeing control and takeover taking place. And I was going, yeah, this is a time we're living in where there's things going on in the darkness because that's where the devil works in the darkness uh, that we cannot see. But greater are the weapons that he's given us, Jesus, than the world will ever have. And that's why it's so important that we learn to pray. For his power in prayer, the enemy surrenders at that power. But you know, for some of us, power in prayer has been it's been a bit of a fizzer. We've gone through seasons. You know, when you're a new Christian. When you're a new Christian, wow, you know, you can climb every mountain. You can do these incredible feats, you know, because just you just feel the presence of God. And then as time settles in without getting into a routine of that, things can fade a little bit. And then we look back and we go, Oh, gee, that was a good time when we used to pray and see those things happen, you know. Hey, it should never change. It should never change. I remember as a new Christian we had a little group going and uh we just pray. We write everything in our little prayer book at the end of the year. We checked in on our prayer book. Everything had been answered except for th- about three prayers that could yet to be answered. You see, when you come with faith, with an expectancy, God's impressed. God comes alive because God, it's impossible to please God but by faith. Hebrews 11.6. So we need to move into the God zone. You know, let's, let's not just sit back there like, you know, we're, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. So let's not behave like this world. It's okay to get excited. It's okay to carry that joy. It's okay to do these things. You don't need to be going, oh, you know, I look silly, you know. We're not being directed by the world. We need to direct the world yeah. in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Yep. So when we understand what prayer brings to us, it will change your world because We we sometimes are like a child. You know, I remember my my kids when they're growing up, it's like, you know, you see them fiddling with something and they're having a struggle moment with it. And of course, as a dad, you're stepping, go, hey, would you like me to, no, I'll do it myself. You hear that one? You know that one? I'll do it myself. Well, some of us are like that with God. Some of us are like that with Him. You know, it's like, there's God going, hey, son, daughter, you know, just, what is it? no. I'll do it myself. And then we wonder, then we get in a mess because nothing changes. And then we go, Oh, where's God when you need him? (laughs) Where is he? Well, he was there all along. Some of us approach God like we do at the Spencer machine. You know, I've just been at an overnight conference with some pastors. And uh, in the hotel, you have those, you know, things with little snacks and things like that. Some of us look at God as like one of those machines. Oh, I need some, I'm feeling a bit hungry, let's just push those buttons and it drops out. With no acknowledgement at all of him, he is your provider, He, he, he he is your healer, he is your salvation, he is all these things. We need God and we need God more in these days than you've ever lived before. I mean, we've always needed God, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying as right now you need to understand we are going into some uncharted waters that you have never seen before that is about to come upon this world, and I'm not just saying Australia, it's worldwide, it's already developing because there is evil at work, but we can squish evil. The devil is under my foot right now, (laughs) I'm telling you. And we gotta walk with like that, we gotta walk with that confidence, with that boldness, greater is he that is in me than he is in the world, amen? No time to get weak, there's no time to withdraw, you know, the devil is like a roaring lion, it says. But we need to stand firm and he will flee. So this morning, you know, as I was thinking about the prayer uh, message, uh, I was reminded by the disciples had this issue too. So here's the disciples seeing the amazing works of Jesus. But in, in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, they come to Jesus it says, and it happened as he was praying in a certain place. This is Jesus praying, praying in a certain place. When he sees one of his disciples said to him, "Lord, teach us to pray," as John also taught his disciples. So there was a lack of understand lack of understanding in prayer because he saw Jesus praying, he saw the amazing things that Jesus did, and yet it was not happening for them. But when you understand, when you tap in, like the disciple asked Jesus, "Show us how to pray." It will change your life. It will change everything. Your whole view of how you deal with things. Now, in Luke chapter eleven, further on, talks about the Jesus' reply there. But it's also found in Matthew chapter six, verse nine to thirteen, which is called has been known as the Lord's Prayer. And so we're going to look at this because the Lord's Prayer. Uh, is is not just a prayer, like the only prayer. You know, I've, I've been to some traditional churches and that's sort of the only prayer that they will say. But Jesus never meant it as to be just a recited words, but it was a, like a template for when you pray, and I'm going to break this down in a minute, these are the things that you need to include in your prayer. Actually, in the 80s, there was even a, um, a group of nuns a group of nuns got right into it. Our Father who art right in heaven. I also remember that picture of that lady going on the drums with all that here. <laughs> Amazing stuff. But, you know, it, you know, you can sing it, you can do it, but unless you actually believe it and you walk into that, it's not going to change for you. So let's turn in our Bibles this morning, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 through to verse uh, 13. This is in reply, you know, of understand what Jesus said about prayer. Jesus. How do you pray? It says in Matthew 6, 9, "'Therefore pray in this way.'" Okay? You notice it says in this way, not this prayer. In this way, "'Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil.'" For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let me just pray. That is a prayer, but I'm going to pray another prayer right now. Heavenly Father, I just thank you this morning for your template of prayer for us, to encourage us, to help us to reach out to you, to to pray for those things that we need, realizing we are not able to do things by ourselves. We are desperate. We need you. God, you are our guidance. You are our, our deliverer. God, you are our strength. You're our shield. God, You're all these things. And we just thank You this morning. As we look into Your Word, I pray, God, You bring things forward into our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Okay, let's look at this template right now. So first of all, it says, therefore, pray in this way. So what's the way we are supposed to pray? Firstly, it says, our Father, our Father, okay? When Jesus prayed, Jesus always said, Father, so, if you want to learn how to pray, start with that. Just say when I when I pray, I say, "Father, I just thank you." Father, I just pray for this. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. So Jesus directs us directly to the Father because He wants you to know where the source is of of the miracles, the source of the provision that is coming from. He could have just started a prayer without mi- missing that out, but it doesn't actually show you, as I like said, the ex- the illustration of. Pushing a button and getting something out of one of those dispenser machine is a disconnect. But straight away, Jesus wants you to know that He is your source. Your Heavenly Father is your source. So when we look to that, we will understand in a greater context of how it works. So it's He is our Creator. He is the Great Parent of all. There is a relationship in this. And that's what we need to understand. Prayer is not just making the request known and leaving it there. It's waiting for God's reply. <laughs> Some of us take off. It's like we just run in and go, God, well, here's my list of things today. It's almost like Christmas time when kids come to you, Mom, Dad, here's my Christmas list. We sometimes come to God like that. We say, here's, here's a list, God, I'll leave it with you. And we don't wait, you know, because the parents will always have something. Hey, you're not having that. <laughs> but um, God wants to talk to you. So part of your prayer is not just rattling off all this stuff and then walking off. And that's where people get disappointed, because they go, "Oh, God didn't hear me. God didn't do anything." Did you actually stop to listen, and uh, you know, wait upon God? As it says, "Wait upon the Lord," and um, God will show you the way. Psalm uh, one hundred twenty-one, verse seven says, "Jehovah shall keep you from." Uh, here I'm, I'm, I've jumped myself here. Um, When we call out to our Father, we we are connecting to God of the universe. You've got to realise that. You're connected to a source. You're not connecting to the universe. Unfortunately, you get people that teach this. They go, there's power in the universe. Yeah, really? Okay. Tell me about the power. Oh, it's just power out there. I remember this young lady. I I was debating with her. She was going, there's power in the universe. And I showed her this miracle that took place on video that I was in a part of a meeting of. And she she looked at it and she goes, wow, that's amazing. I said, where do you think that came from? Where do you think that, you know, this lady's leg grew in front of our eyes? And she goes, oh, power in the universe. I mean, we listen to Power Rangers too much or something. I don't know. But uh, power in the universe. And I said, yeah, but what's that power? Oh, there's just power out there. I said, Where? I kept pushing her. And see, sometimes we let people off the hook too soon. We go, okay, if that's your belief, that's fine. No, I said, what's that power you're talking about? Where's it coming from? And she goes, oh, I don't know. Perhaps there is a God. (laughs) And I said, yes, there is. (laughs) Well done. So just keep pushing them on those things. There is power in the universe from God alone. Uh, and, And that's what we've got to understand. So firstly, we identify that... Our Father is our Father, okay? I am your Father. And uh, <laughs> He is in heaven. That's what it says, our Father in heaven. See, Jesus directs you to where He is because people kind of go, I don't know where He is. Where's God going? You know, He's in heaven. Okay, that's all good. Then it goes on to say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Our Father right in heaven, oh, sorry, hallowed be your name. See, also He's declaring His name, hallowed, being holy. You are addressing the Holy One of God. You come with reverence. You come with the fear of the Lord. You, you come with understanding. That's why God in, uh, Jesus includes this, our Father, who we're praying to, where He is, location, heaven, and that His name is holy. Hallowed be your name. And then we go on to, your kingdom come, your will be done. So it's not about your kingdom. It's not. It's not about you. You got to get over it. If you think it's about you, it's you've missed the point. It's about him. It's about him and his purpose, his kingdom, your kingdom. We're actually declaring your kingdom come, not mine, God. You know, I'm dead to self now. I I, I live for you. I live for you. The, your kingdom. You know, people get like pictures when you say kingdom. They see the castles and the movies, and you know. Da, 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 the night's coming out. The <laughs> this is not like that, okay? The kingdom is re- referenced to the rule of God in your life. Let the rule of God be in your life. Your kingdom come. Your rule be in my life. Making kingdom f- things first. Matthew 6.33 picks up off, on this. It says, But seek His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So if we seek God first all our needs will be met. But quite often we want our needs met and then we kind of tack on God afterwards, don't we? we sort of like, okay, you know, thanks to that, God. But we need to align ourselves with God. Um, Jesus' whole focus as he preached and spoke was on the kingdom, on the rule of God. Our, our, our whole focus needs to be the same. Jesus was totally in tune with God. He prayed every moment. You know, you'll see him up in the mountain. uh, And Jesus was going many little ministry trips (laughs) on foot. And uh, you'd always find him prior to the miracles. You'll see him in a solitary place praying to his father. And it was in those moments, I believe, him being in the presence of his father, his father downloaded what he was going to see that day, what was going to come. So that's why he could walk with confidence and say things. Oh, Zacchaeus, I saw you in that tree. He goes, how do you see me? I knew you were there before you even appeared. You know, it's like he had that experience, he had that knowledge, that understanding. So when we say, your kingdom come, we ask Jesus to rule over our lives. See, it's not a repetitive prayer, the Lord's Prayer, just like it, you know, it's like some people just say it, it's a religious duty, they, they didn't even click out, they do not even know what it's talking about, they just say it, like we say these words and we're all done and good with God. But when we say your kingdom come, we ask Jesus to rule over our lives. You've got to understand it's no longer you that live, but Christ lives in you. We ask Jesus to rule our lives individually, in our family, in our church, in our nation, praying for the state, the prime ministers, the premiers, all those counselors that are involved with that. In the church, we pray for the pastors, leaders. We need your prayers. You know. It's, it's really good to know when I hear people say, oh, we're praying for you, Pastor. I say, good, I need a lot of prayer. Just check what God did tell you. Uh, <laughs> um, but then we move on to the next part of, of this little thing. And I always remember, this, this really helped me in the sense of prayer, is seeing the Lord's Prayer in those sections. And I remember Yongi Cho talking about it as picturing like a race, you know, hurdles. You know, when they go over hurdles, they're racing, they go over the first hurdle and they're running and they hit the second hurdle. He said, if you see those sections of the prayer as hurdles, like our Father, that's the first hurdle you go over. So you start praying about our Father, you know, Father, thank you that you hear from me, Father, da, da. the second, you know, hallowed be your name, your name is holy, you know, uh, you, you go over each one and in your mind you'll set up a pattern of structure that you can go back and when you get to the end you can come back again, you know, and go through it all again. So that's what I'm trying to uh, show you in, in this prayer here. So the next one it says, "Give us this day our daily bread." So we just jumped over the hurdle. Give us this day our daily bread. Bread means substance. Praying for God's provision. Make your request be known to God. It says, Philippians 4:6. Be anxious about nothing. Okay. There's some people here I know are anxious. Stop being anxious. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> because it says, "Be anxious about nothing, but in everything by what wo- by worry." No, no, no. I didn't say that. It says, but in everything by prayer and by petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You see, if we can get out of being anxious and the worry and turn to prayer and by petition and thanksgiving, we will see our requests answered. Matthew 6.33, if you seek first the kingdom, His promise, your needs will be met. And that's what we've got to learn. We've got to learn to seek first His kingdom. It's doing His way not our way. When we can learn to surrender our way and look to His way, that's when everything lines up. Then we come to the next hurdle, and forgiveness, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is a big one because forgiveness of sin, forgiveness towards other one. Forgiveness is always a, a tough one for a lot of people, and it's always a stumbling block for many. Many people have, like, they, they love the thought that, you, you know, if you've done something wrong, can you forgive me? They go, yes, oh, thank you. It makes you feel so good that you forgive me. But then somebody does something wrong against. I'm not forgiving you. Yeah, yeah you, you can't go there. You can't do that. Jesus says, no, I forgave you. You forgive others. Yeah. We need to learn to forgive others and ask God to forgive us. This is one of the biggest hurdles and blocks for some people. And look, I'm, I, I know I've heard the stories and some have been horrific of how people have been treated. And for some reason, I can never, I can never forgive that person. Well, I'm telling you, why you hold that position, the power of that holds onto you. But as soon as you make a decision, you take a control back and say, no, I choose in my power, my will, to forgive that person. That doesn't make them right or what they've done. God will deal with them, but it gets you right with God. We can forgive because He first forgave us. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to us to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, and then we go on to, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Every day there is temptations that come our way. And we need to be aware of that. We need to know how to react to those things. You know, there's always temptations. In our house, I open a cupboard and see some chocolate bars. I go, hmm. <laughs> Will anyone see anyone, any of them missing? <laughs> so you devise these sneaky little plans of taking the piece out without, and wrapping it back up so it looks like it's been opened. <laughs> I wouldn't do that, no. Anyway, <laughs> but there's temptations that come our way. The devil is always looking for an opportunity to get a foothold in the door. Remember, the, the devil's looking you know, to see where you falter. See, he can jump on you and accuse you because he's an accuser of the, the believers, it says, or the brethren. The devil's always looking for that opportunity. 1 Peter 5 says, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experience of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. Be of sober spirit. Be on the alert. Be ready. Be real. You know, let's, let's, let's know this is real. All the instruction in the scriptures is for your benefit, your purpose. It is very, very real. God is dealing with your world. It's just the, the fallacy of this world. This world will tell you, oh no, the Bible's a fairy story. And most people that have said that, well, and I've asked them the question, I go, have you read it? They say, oh no, no, because it's a fairy story. I said, you haven't read it. So how can you say it's a fairy story? And um, yeah, you just have to challenge them there anyway. Ephesians 6.11 says also, put on the armor of God for you you to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So once again, it's a connection with God, putting on the armor of God in the times of temptation, the times of evil that come before us. We need to be able to push through those moments, standing strong on his word, on his truth. And it goes on, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus starts with our Father, art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, as in praise. And we need to always finish with praise, acknowledging who he is. That's not a weakness. You know, Some men find prayer very difficult because, man, it can be like, I can do this myself. You know, we go to the hardware. I'm, I'm typical like this. Someone goes, can I help you? No, nah, it's all good. Got it. I'll find it. It's only another 63 hours to go through yet. <laughs> but we've we got this field thing that we can do it. You know, we're men, you know, we don't, we've got no weakness, so we don't need any help, but we can do this. But you've got to understand it's not a weakness. You're going to the source. It's like we, when we play footy in that, we've got a coach. We, we'll go to the coach. Okay, coach, what do you want? Well, God is more than your coach, but He'll also lead you. And when we're praying, we're just asking for instructions. We're asking God to in, interact with us. So, man, don't look at like, oh, you know, I feel weak if I have to ask God when I, I can do this. No, 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 no. You're actually going to the power source of, of the whole universe, God Himself, who loves to hear from you. I am telling you, He loves that. Because now you're reliant on him. He wants you to be reliant on him rather than you trying to struggle through life by yourself to do your own thing. And so many people do it that way. You've got two options how you do life, your own way or his way. And you've got to make that decision. Jesus put it this way, you're either for me or you're against me. There's no middle road. You can't be, oh, well, I'm a bit for Jesus on a Sunday, but the rest of the week I'm not. You can't do that. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forevermore. We start in prayer, we praise, and we finish in prayer. It's impossible to get close to God without prayer. And the funny thing is, people have a sense inside that prayer works, even though they may not admit it or not understand it. Because even in the secular world, people have some tragedies happen, and you even see people on, on news and, and whatever they are, not Christians, and they said, oh, we're praying for this situation. And I'm going, well, if you don't know who you're praying to, what is the point? When I pray, I know who I'm praying to. But if you're not a believer, I don't believe in God, but oh, we're praying for you. What, what you pray, who are you praying to and for what? You know, what's, what's actually doing? So there's a throwaway line like that. But most people will accept prayer. When they're in trouble, they're, looking, they're desperate. They're desperate and you need to be ready to say, look, let's, let's pray. And, and you'll find that's, that will work. I have never had anyone turn me down on prayer. This is uh, impossible to get close to God without prayer because this is what the devil wants you to think, that God's not listening, God doesn't hear anything, it's a waste of time. The devil doesn't want the church praying Amen. because he knows that's the weapons against him. He's going to try to shut down all the weapons against him. But when we pray, he trembles. When we pray, he runs, he flees. If we stand firm on the word of God and we pray, we will see the outcome of that. You know, I've often heard people say, uh, "Yeah, Pastor, I've been praying, but I don't get any answers. And I said, well, let me tell you, God answers you always. And they said, well, hang on, what do you mean always? He answers you with a yes, a no, not yet, or I don't care. <laughs> Because sometimes we are looking for a specific answer. We want it our way. And God's going, that will be dangerous. If I grant that, that's just not going to be good for you. I can see where that will end up. If, if that plays out, if I go yes to that, I know what will that do to you and what will happen. It's no, not going to happen. So here, he just go, no, it's not happening. And then we get upset. God, why is it not? We're like a little kid having a tantrum. God, I asked for this and you didn't answer me. And, you know, and, and we have a tantrum. But rather than that, just going, and, and I say this quite often to people that are going for a job, you know, go, oh, you know, because we get excited. You know, job opportunity comes up and, you know, everyone's praying for them. Oh, yeah. And then we don't get the, the job. I said, that's okay. That's God's answer. That job's not for you. And you've got to learn to be able to accept They go, thank you, God, for that answer. That's what I did. All the time, I didn't get a job. Thank you, because it would have led me into the wrong job, you know. So it's about changing your thinking and understanding of how God works. And of course, God doesn't. I remember this dear old lady that was, you know, some people just are a very eccentric. Some people say that of me, but uh, very eccentric, and uh, they just got to pray for everything. You know, like get out of bed, God, what do I wear this morning? Sometimes those prayers are handy, I think, for women uh, because they take so long to decide. <laughs> I think I should say to Sharon, like, just pray. Okay, look, you've changed about five times now. <laughs> My prayers aren't. So look, I'm, I'm straight into it. Um, but uh, I forgot where I was going now with that. <laughs> but God, so there's some prayers that God allows You know, so you don't need to pray about You don't need to pray about certain things. That's why God has also given you intellect, intelligence to make decisions. But some people will try to spiritualise everything. Oh God, what do I eat today? What should I do today? You know, God's given you choice. God's given you that freedom to do that. But there are things that are out of our scope, out of our hands that we have no control over that we need to go to God with. As I say, we can do the possible, but He can do the impossible. And if it's impossible with you, you need to go to Him rather than try to work it out yourself. So what stops a prayer being answered besides that? Prayers that are not according to God's will. 1 John 5.14 says, "And, And this is the confidence we have towards Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So it doesn't say if we ask anything according to my will, He hears us. It says His will. Because there's a protection in that, you'll be careful what you pray for. You might just get that, which you don't really want, but you think you do. And um, it's always according to His will. So when you're praying, and you go, well, how do I know of His will? Well, if you read your Bible, you'll see God's will is written right through that. And you'll get an understanding of what is of God. We can pray for whatever we like as long as... It is his will, not our will. If we expect to answer every prayer according to our will, we are making him our servant and not the other way around. Yeah. See, some people like that. They think, God's, you know, God, I want this. I want it now, right? Fix it. It's like we're, we're telling him what to do. Like, hey, hang on, we've got this in the wrong order. We need to flip that. Sometimes prayers are amiss because they are a fulfillment of an inner lust, a desire. James 4 3 says, You ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may spend it upon your own lust. This passage warns us against worldliness, worldly prosperity, and pleasures, and all those things looking good and so forth. Uh, the test of knowing whether or not our request is based on lust is very simple. We will find the answer in the way we handle delays or denials. You know, like, As I said, you know, when I didn't get a job I applied for, my response was, Thank you, God. I I didn't get sort of angry about it. Uh, You know, I go, No, you know, you're not listening, God. You're not hearing. (laughs) How we handle the whole deal will play out. Prayers found on lust demand immediate answers. God will not answer prayers that would add or assist in our temptations. God in His justice is obliged to do. Sorry, delay or deny our prayers until they are purged of all our selfish and lusts. So God sometimes puts a time on it because sometimes we can become like a spoiled brat in the sense, you know, where we just expect God to do things or whatever. And God goes, oh, no, "I'm going to sit on this. I'll wait to see if their heart is right in this." Because sometimes your prayer is okay. But god just got to test your heart on it. You know, like, okay, let's just see how this is. Let's see what they do with it. Are they going to get impatient, get angry because it's not coming forth? And I said, you know, prayers are not answered in your time frame because it's not working to your plans. God says, I know the plans that I have for you. It's His plans. So it's His timing. So when He released a prayer, an answer is in His timing for His plans. It's not for yours. So don't get frustrated. If it is according to his will, you keep going at it. And I I tell you, in God's time, it will happen. You know, and sometimes there's a uh, working through with God in the things. It's like, for instance, um, God requires you to be part of the answers to the prayer. In the sense, if you're praying for a job, and you're sitting in your seat and saying, God, I just pray you provide a job for me. I want this, whatever. And you just sit there. Yeah. Week one, no job. Week two, still sitting here. God, where's this job? Well, it requires you actually to go out in faith, to actually take a step forward, to inquire, to make uh, inquiries on, on that pos- position you're looking for. And because and faith has wheels, faith has motion, faith has to be doing something. It's not sitting still. Too many of us just want to sit still and, and, and direct God from our chair, like we're the director, you know, <laughs> and uh, like making a movie. And uh, it, but no, it's not like that. We've got to go, okay, God, uh, I'm listening to you. And uh, I'm going to, I kind of sense that you, this is, this is what I'm praying about. So I'm going to walk towards that. And you just close the doors or open them and direct my path. See, God can't direct your path if you're standing still. You know, you've got to be doing something. Uh, and, and too many people just stand on the path and go, gee, where is it? Where is it? God, have oh, you forgotten me? Don't you forget about me. You start singing all sorts of crazy songs and, uh, and, and, and suddenly like, you get disappointed in God. People get disappointed in because it hasn't happened the way they planned. And, and they go, oh yeah, God, I've given up on God. How many people I've seen that used to be in church many years ago are no longer in church? Because they got disappointed. Because things didn't work out their way to their plans. But it's nothing to do with your plans. Paul said it clearly. No longer I live, but Christ lives in me. You are dead to yourself, but alive to Him. So you're now making yourself aligned to Him and all that He wants. Let's not have an attitude. about. I, I remember there's this world attitude that the world owes me. I remember being uh, when I used to work in the youth hostel, I took a kid to uh, uh, Centrelink and I oh, it was interesting to listen to the guys in, in front of us in the queue talking about things, you know, like their, their demands and their expectations and their rights and all this stuff and and I'm going, this is shocking. You know, I'm thinking, do you guys actually realize that taxpayers are funding this to help you in your need? And there you are, always demands. This guy was going off like, oh, the government, they owe me this, and they give me this on time, and they owe me. And I'll go, what the heck? We don't owe you anything. You should be thankful that you're living in a country where you get something. Because i am tell you, it doesn't happen in Asian countries where I've been. See, old men, you know, sweeping the roads just to get enough money to live. You know, it just just doesn't happen. Let's not get that kind of attitude either. See, God can bring a job along the way, but if you turn, uh, if you don't turn up for the interview, <laughs> God makes opportunities, but he won't have you step into them. You know, and I've known that people like, oh, I want a job, and then they get the interview, and they don't even turn up for it. And I've heard... People say that. Bosses go, it's ridiculous. You know, These people just don't turn up for the interviews. Um, 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says, For even when we were with you, we command you that if anyone would not work, neither should he eat. So there is a need for us to work. There is a need for us to do something. Otherwise you ain't going (laughs) to eat. Prayers won't be heard if we are in sin. John 9.31 says, But we know that God... Does not hear sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he hears him. So he doesn't hear sinners. So if you've got sin in your life, you need to get things right. You know, don't, don't get angry at God. Look at yourself and say, God, here I am. I come before you and I ask forgiveness of my sin. We should be doing that daily because we can all trip up. You know, we can all just do the wrong thing. Oh, that was the wrong thing. You know, forgive me. You know, always have the slate plane before God. You know, some of us just building up all this stuff on, you know, on the slate and you've never dealt with it. And then you come to church and you get all aggravated and, and, and like upset with things and you see someone's doing really well in their, their walk with God and, and their life and you go, why is it not happening to me? Well, perhaps you just need to take a few minutes to step back and go, perhaps there's a few things I need to look at in myself. God looks at the heart. God looks inwardly. We need to look inwardly somewhere to look at ourselves rather than it's everybody else's fault. You must have faith to believe when you pray. Hebrews 11.6 says this, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. We must have faith. You don't just come to God and go, God, you know, I really need this job right now. Yeah, you know, how many people do this? They <laughs> cross everything. Like, it's like wishful thinking, hope, hope something will happen. Well, that's not faith. You come to God with your fingers crossed. You know, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. Because you, you're, you're doubting God. And if you doubt God, you shouldn't expect anything. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. And guess what? Those that have faith, He is a rewarder. It says, if you want to be rewarded, walk in faith. Faith is believing God, trusting God. He's got it. You can go to sleep, rest at night, don't worry about it. So I say to people, we've been in many situations where I remember we got married, like, never done that before. <laughs> and so I had no idea what that meant. I've always lived at home, everything was there, all the comforts of home and all this and and Sharon's already starting to go, well, you know, like, have we got somewhere to live when we get married? I said, Ah, sir, right, we'll work that out later. And she says, oh, we've got the honeymoon plan, you know, we're going off to Singapore, that'll be fine, no worries. We'll work it out. She goes, I'm going to be worried about this. You know, what, we come back, we've got nowhere to live. I said, ah, we, we'll be fine, it's all good. It's all good, because I know God's got it. And so uh, she goes, all right, all right trust you. <laughs> I'll kill you later if it doesn't happen, but... Uh, <laughs> but but I remember going like, "Yeah, that's fine." We came back from our trip, and this is no joke. Until the next pay, we had twenty dollars, twenty dollars in our pocket. That's it, and, and uh, uh, nowhere really, to, nowhere to stay other than like I could ring up my sister and say, "Can we just stay with you until we work some things out?" But um, something did come up, and we go, "Yeah, I reckon we could sort of afford that," you know. But when I inquired, um, well, there was two kind of miracles. And so I prayed, God, look, I need something in this sort of range for rent. It's a lot cheaper than what it is now, I can tell you. And, but for us, it was a lot. And they were asking a little bit more, like $10 more a week. And, and I, I needed just like a little less. I was just stretching the budget a little bit too much. I always like to give a bit of leeway there. So I, I prayed specifically. I said, God, I'm interested in this house, but I only want to pay this much for it and i just sort of felt like i'm gonna tell the land agent this you know tell him hey look we're interested in the house uh didn't tell him we didn't have any money uh, <laughs> but uh basically you know that that amount you want is just a little bit too much he goes well well i can ask i can ask the owners of the house see what they say what are you looking for and i told it's about ten dollars less he goes all right no worries so I'm, I'm just praying on that and i kind of felt I'd even prayed about the amount because I, I came in. It was, actually, I will tell you, it was about $130 back then. That doesn't sound nothing these days. And and I I was going 120. I thought, oh yeah, 120 be good. But then I felt in the middle of the night, I felt God said, make it 125. <laughs> I think God bargains. <laughs> 125. I said, all right, I'll pray for 125. The next morning, I, I ring up the agent and I said, look, I'll just ring you to see you know, about the price and all that. He goes, oh, look, I was just about to ring you. You just got to be beforehand. He goes, guess what? And I said, what? Well, he goes, I went round yesterday to the owner's place. I knocked on the door. The first thing the owner said when she opened the door, says, I want to change the price to 125 And I go, I go, wow, prayer answered, prayer answered. Okay, the next thing is like, where were we getting the money from? Because I didn't realise that you had to pay money up front Bond on top, and it came to something like seven hundred and some other dollars. We got twenty bucks in our pocket. Sharon goes, "What are we gonna do?" I said, "Don't worry, we just pray. God, something will happen." I said, "Yeah, we can always live on the street." But uh, <laughs> um, but I, uh, she goes, "All right." And then suddenly something came to mind. I had this back. the Young ones wouldn't know this. We used to have these things called bank books. You used to have to go to the bank and deposit your money. And yeah, uh, it's before the era of, of credit cards and all that stuff. But basically, we had. I suddenly, I forgot I had this, this this bank book. I totally forgot about it. Bank SA. And, and, uh, and I went, it just came to mind all of a sudden, like, bing, when I was thinking about where I get money from. Bing. I go, yeah, I don't even know what's in there. I, I just chucked it in the bottom drawer I haven't used it for years. So I pull the thing out, and I go, oh, it wasn't much. I don't know, my 50 bucks or something. I go, oh, well, that's something. Plus the 20 is $70. I only need 700. <laughs> so so uh, I basically went, okay, God, I'll just take that out and see what happens. So I went to the counter and lady goes, oh, this is a very old book. And I said, oh, yeah. I'll just... And she goes, I said, yeah, look, I just want to draw everything, everything out. She goes, everything? I said, oh, yeah, I need everything. Everything. She goes, all right, no worries. She goes, hang on a sec. Do you realize there's been no calculations done on any interest over these years? I uh, No, this is sounding good. And uh, she goes, let me just go off and I'll calculate. She comes back. She says, well, look, um, you're going to receive $780. And I go, what? That's exactly what I need, (laughs) $780. (laughs) So that's what I mean. So when when you see these things happen, it gives you confidence to know God will do it again. And again, and again, and again, because He is faithful to you. He is faithful to you. But you need to trust Him. You need to actually step off that edge into, into faith. Because faith, as one preacher used to say, is spelled R-I-S-K. It feels like that sometimes, risk. But it's exciting. Like, okay, I'm going to see what God's going to do here. You know, It's letting go of that steering wheel of your life and hand it over to God, allowing Him to drive your life. Some people still want to sneak one hand on there, you know, like, oh, no, no, get it off, off, off. (laughs) When we live like that, that's the place of faith and that's where God will operate, that's where God will come through and that's where God will hear your prayers. So God has told you everything in His book about when you pray, how to pray, if you pray. It doesn't say if, it always says when you pray. And when you pray according to His will, you will see an answer. And you need to be also ready that answer and be content in that answer. You know, like I, I prayed one time for a car, got a car. And, and uh, I went, whoa, you know. Well, actually I wasn't even praying for it. I was just saying, it'd be good if we had a car. And then somebody came out of the blue and said, I've, I wanna give you my car. I went, wow, this is amazing, thank you God, this is awesome. I didn't go, oh, it's only a Ford Meteor, it's not a flipping Ferrari, what's going on here? <laughs> Be content with what God gives you. Be thankful in all things. Thank you, God, because I had nothing. Now I've got a car. This is awesome. I've told everyone, I've got a car, I've got a car. And and, and just be thankful. Be thankful. God hears your prayers. God hears them. If it's according to His will. He'll turn His ear into you when, when you're acting in faith. But if you're not acting in faith and it's in doubt and you're not praying to His will, He closes his ears to that, Go, okay, you just carry on because you obviously want to do it your way and we need to let go of that. John 14, 13 says, and whatever you may ask in my name, that I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So that's why we pray our Father and we finish in the name of Jesus. We pray. We we pray in His name. We ask in His name. In Jesus' name, I ask, because He's the mediator between us and God. We need we need Jesus. So hopefully that will help you in understanding that. But you know that journey of prayer only starts when we have a relationship with Him. It's like my wife and I are married. That's why she's my wife. I just worked that out. <laughs> um, Have a relationship, so she can come with confidence to ask me of something. I can ask her of something. You know, you have that confidence. But if we didn't have a relationship, she's just some random on the street, and I said, "Hey, could you uh, could you make tea tonight?" You know, (laughs) I know what they'd say. Uh, But it's like that with God. Well, we've got a relationship with you. God's hearing from you, and you're hearing from God. There's a relationship. God is no longer a distant person that's out there somewhere, but He's now here. And for some of you today, perhaps you've lost that contact. Perhaps today you've not actually entered into that relationship with God. And I want to give you that opportunity this morning. We're going to do that right now. We're going to close our eyes, just bow our head. If you've never received Jesus into your life, you've never accepted God or understood the whole dynamics of that relationship, I'm telling you, God is open arms to you this morning. God has opened His arms to you to receive you. It says in 1 John 12, For as many as receive Him, He gives them the right to become children of God. You have a right in God to become one of His children, to be accepted as one of His. If you've never given your life to Jesus, never asked forgiveness for your sins, because sins are actually like a wall that stops God hearing anything. You need to break down that wall this morning. Repenting, coming to God, will change your world. But God's not going to force you. For as many as that receive, that means you've got to receive. if you want to receive Jesus this morning as your Lord and Saviour, wherever you are in this place, or perhaps you once made a decision years ago, but you've fallen back and go, I need to make a recommitment today. Or perhaps you're just not sure where you sit and all that. That's okay. The thing is you get your heart right, get your relationship right with God by saying yes. So if that's you in this place this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ or you're coming back to Him, just raise your hand in this place. I will see that and I'll pray for you because it's the most important relationship you can have. This is where it all starts, your prayer life, your relationship with Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Also, this morning, if you've been struggling with your prayer life, you know I'm going in in the series. We'll pick it up somewhere, but you have a helper in the Holy Spirit, and we need all the tools we can get in that sense to help us until we're on, on course. So or get alongside. If you're a new Christian, get alongside a more mature Christian that can teach you how to pray. When I started, I just just followed somebody just listen how they prayed and just copied as the disciples said here Jesus teach us and he showed this morning if you're struggling in your prayer life I just want to pray for you or even actually I'm going to change that if you are requiring prayer this morning because there's things you're struggling with in your life just raise your hand wherever you are and I just want people this is, this is an exercise this morning so just just raise your hand. We don't need to know. God knows what it is. And I want people to open their eyes now and look around. See those hands. You've got a choice. You can go over and lay your hands on them, or you can just pray where you are, saying, God, I believe in faith for this person. You know what their needs are. And I believe in God that you're going to provide every need in Jesus' name. So we're going to practice that right now. I'm going to lead you in that. So let's all just stand first. And if you've got your hand up in there, people are going to see that, and they're just going to pray for your circumstance Father that's right. you can move around that's okay we can make church a little bit messy sometimes it's fine because it's important that we get things sorted that's okay it's just simple prayer look there's nothing hard I remember one guy when when I was a youth leader years ago at another church came to church for the first time and he says look can I ask you a question about prayer and I said certainly he says when you pray do you have to put your hands together I said, if you want to. (laughs) God hears from the heart. So whatever you're saying, it's not wrong in the sense of like, I don't know how to pray. Just use those words. But just reach out to somebody this morning. And I'm going to pray too uh, as a group. Heavenly Father, I just thank you today for these people. Father, I thank you for who you are and what you're able to do in the lives of these people. And Father, as many people put their hand up in this congregation today, God, I pray you'll come meet with them. God, that you'll touch them at their point of need. I pray, oh God, that they will hear from you. God, that they will be comforted in their time of need. that God, that their needs will be met. God, that you'll just come touch them right now. Give them a confidence and boldness that you hear from heaven as they pray according to your will. God, your word says you will hear from heaven father i thank you for the needs of the people here god if anyone has need financially right now i pray god finances will come their way if anyone has sickness right now i speak over that sickness in the name of jesus i cast off that sickness in jesus name father whatever the needs are in this congregation we look to heaven today we look to you god as our heavenly father you are our jehovah Jireh, our provider and father we thank you and god we ask this day that god you'll meet everybody's needs here because you are our heavenly father your word says so and we trust your word we believe in your word and we believe in you father we thank you for the needs of these people And god we give you all the glory today in the mighty name of jesus we pray amen